gather ye friends around your flickering campfires and listen to tales of pairing, hoeing and horticulture. Set aside thine overgrown and underappreciated garden and raise a watering can of harsh weed killer to us, your storytellers. Weird intro. Yeah, they're usually more warmongery than that. Lads, we're going green. What? what? Most weeks we have so much blood on our hands that I thought we'd flex our green fingers this episode. Why do you write so weird? But there's, there's been no battles. Only the one we'll lose to Mother Nature, Bob Bob. We can take her. Hold up, Bob Bob. Bilbo might be right. Nothing like a nice organic palate cleanser after gorging on the meat grinder that is history. I am immediately and carnivorously suspicious, Uncle Bilbo. But I guess you, you've never wrote us wrong before. No, never, racist saints, random French filmmakers, that four-way composer Christmas defamation. Oh, yeah. Well, just don't be too wicky, eh, Bilbo? Harsh reviews aside, I always use three sauces. Mayo, ketchup and mustard. You really are the burger sauce in our war burger. You know it. To the yarn barn. Oh, God. Where else do you think we keep our forks and spades and lawn spoons, dear Uncle Bob Bob? Wait, lawn spoons? Wait, do you even garden? Well, I, um, sound garden. Basically, I stand in other people's cool green space and loudly waffle about how much I miss Chris Cornell. Until they bring me a war burger. Well, we all miss Chris. Mm. Monty Don's fan trains cherry tree. Did you create this whole green situation to get us into the yarn barn? Are you punishing me for burning down the narrative Adelada? Well, who do you take me for? You tell me. I am Uncle Bob Bob, Mom's Two Squirrel, Season Seasoner, and inaugural Birkenhead Lawnmower Tossing Champion 2008. All I want to do is start a story properly. Plant a little seed of an idea, watch it sprout and grow, take pride as it bears fruit for our listener to pick and eat. Oh, the unbridled joy as I watch them gorge themselves on my fruity offerings in a juice-splattered daze as they murmur, Feed me your sweet narrative, dear Uncle Bob-Bob. Shed Huguenot and Carrot Fascist Tombo here. I'm quite partial to the silly rhyming of one thing to another. Doesn't bother me, as long as it makes sense. Like winding up a glockenspiel. <laughs> you strike a glockenspiel, Uncle Bilbo. Strike. But it doesn't bother me. I edited out the winding. And here I am winding you up. I am Funkle Bilbo, and I rhyme all the time to feel fine. Check it. A boom, a cha, no a time. beatboxing. I am the bone-mealed deadheader known only as the Pear Bear, York's premier spice and herb sniffer. When purveyors see me a-coming, they say, Hey, PBD, here's a good shout for your snout. And I inhale deeply and obnoxiously like this. <laughs> What? What is that smell? Hmm. It's narrative, all right, but it only smells half-baked. We're sniffing in your direction, Uncle Bilbo. Oh, shush now. Yes, that'd be narrative, all right, but wait. What's that smell, Uncle Bob Bob? <gasps> your watering can! That's not harsh weed killer, it's... Freedom. The Yarn Man! It's on fire! I've got this land! Save it, Pear Bear! Oh, and yourself too, if it's not too much trouble. Oh, oh, oh he's, he, he's gone. Yeah, save it, Pear Bear! Oh, it'd be an awful shame if it perished. Terrible delivery. I did not believe a word of that. Oh no! Well, I'd love to be able to rehearse the shambles, you know, to keep you in the moment, Tombo. But we have this botanical nightmare to scorch and salt. If only we could all practice and tell a story. Hey, you silly boy, get off the planting beds, or I'll have to ask you to leave my rehearsery nursery. Oh my god, this is so lame. If seedlings can't rehearse to become flowers, then may your garden never fully bloom. Uh, we like the term organic, Mr. Trade Scant. Oh, I'm sorry, is that how you pronounce it? Like, Trade Scant? Tradescant? You've got no idea, have you? Get your networking heads on, boys. This is John Tredescant, travelling gardener, naturalist and collector. <gasps> collector? As in museum? As in Tombo gets paid? Indeed. <gasps> Our John here and his son, also John, 
will cultivate the Tredescant collection, which in turn will go on to become a big chunk of Britain's first public museum. Yes, let's tap that rich museum vein and explore the wonderful world of John Tredescant. On it. John Tredescant was born in... Um... Well, oh, for all that's good and holy, you don't know that either. What <laughs> can we say? Your early days are shrouded in mystery. <gasps> like Bekeela Trifoliolata. I don't want a tequila trifle later, thanks. No, Bekeela Trifoliolata. It's a very mysterious plan. The first and most mysterious hit on any good search engine. Indeed. And I should know, I built my career on searching for strange and mysterious plants. That you did. Okay, let's try this again. John was born in, um, 1570s-ish. Vague. Yes, like our initial knowledge of the creeping vine that is Bequila Trifoliolata. Interesting factoid, it camouflages itself by changing shape to resemble its host. Stop (laughs) googling stuff! Sorry. Johnny T was, uh, probably born in Suffolk. Get me the any cart, you soft boys. There's enough ums, errs, and probably he's been chucked about to fertilise a mid-sized farm. Manure banter. Well, look at you here, Johnny Greenthumb. What with you being a farming stock? I, from a farming family. From Suffolk, you say? Yes. That's why Bilbo packed his leather clown suit in your honour. Strongly swerving that one. So, if I'm from Suffolk, why well, you got me spuffling like I'm a man reeling with delight at the and majesty in Norfolk? Tractors or mustard, it's all the same to us. Keep going, JT. You're doing great. My father was a farm landowner, and these landowners were not far behind the landed gentry in the grand social order of things. Man, you must have grown up with some proper knowledge. Your farming skills must be sick, yo. Sick? Oh, I guess as long as you don't eat the wolf's Spain, you'll be fine. Underrated heavy metal cut, JT. Proper knowledge. Climbers and creepers. Stop derailing me! Right, <clears throat> plowing on. So, from this small kernel, I grew. I gardened and landscaped my way to a job at Cobham Hall in Kent. Ooh la la, fancy. My real big step up came in 1610, when I properly started my gardening at Hatfield House for Robert Cecil, the first Earl of Salisbury, chief minister to King James I. Dude. I'd been abroad the previous months, most likely in the service of the Earl of Salisbury, documenting super interesting green stuff. Dude. With a view to importing it to Hadfield House, all the way from Holland. Dude, careful with that, yeah? Do you silly boys want to take a trip? Um, Bilbo? What, um... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Dude. Can't believe Pepper's missing this. Step into the green room. Finally, we've made it. The bright showbiz lights. Oh, they hurt my eyes. Get your face out of the grow lights, Tombo. Mm. <laughs> Nice polytunnel, Mr. Tredescant. You want to be careful with this, yeah? Let's get this door closed, shall we? Cut history. Shh, Master Bilbo, here comes the boss. God save you, John Tredescant. How are you settling in, JT? Ah, my good Robert Cecil, Earl of Salisbury. I'm settling most agreeably. More than agreeably, in fact. Excitably, the opposite of settled I am. I'm like a keg, ready to go off. This really is one heck of a plot. Plot? No, no, no. I, 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 know, I know nothing of plots, young oh, man. Oh, my apologies. I must have been thinking of a hitherto unwritten silly script. I will have you know that the silly script is the signed confession from the badly taught hand of one Guy Fawkes, a, a, a man uh, with whom I have no affiliation whatsoever. You seem to be winking quite furiously at me, my lord. I mean, I, I was meaning a silly story to be told by some boys that I know. Those dribbling layabouts in your steamy box over there? Is is that one eating wolfspitting? Ah, oh, sir, that he be. But fear not, those boys may be silly, but they're patient yarn spinners. They'll keep their powder dry. Powder? Look, I know nothing of powder. <laughs> Come on now, Salisbury, shop starting. People will think you've lost the plot. God, God. <laughs> 
Very troll, Inigo. Inigo, uh, this is John Tredescant. Uh, JT, this here is Inigo Jones. Inigo Jones, proportionately and symmetrically at your service. Inigo Jones, our country's foremost architect. I'm uh, I'm John Tredescant. Um, I'm honoured. Oh, please, JT, the honour is mine. It's nice to meet another master builder. You of plants, me of brick. I'm just here at Atfield House to provide my meagre input to the Royal Surveyor. Meagre? Ha! Tear the old wreck down, you said. I most certainly did not, and by the way, that's no way to remember our dear divided Queen Elizabeth. Jones, you absolute doorbell. How dare you! Being good with the scale ruler will not protect you forever, you know. <laughs> it's not my fault you fancy yourself a master builder, Robert. You look, you look perplexed, JT. Well, I... The old wreck were on the site of the old royal palace of Atfield, childhood home and favourite residence of one Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, my. The Earl of Salisbury had decided to tear down three old wings and reuse the bricks for the Hatfield House building you now see before you. It was either that or sacrifice another wing to my <coughs> Lego fetish. <clears throat> Speaking of Lego, how is old Christian IV of Denmark? Oh, do not get me started. I'm still reeling from the debacle of 06. Ah, the Mask of Solomon and Sheba. Amateur dramatics, JT. And legendarily messy, I hear. Please, Illico, what is worse than the rumour mill? Hmm? The architect who designs it. Ah, whatever. Everyone knows about it. And I didn't grass on the evening. That was... Again, your face is at right angles, JT. Oh, my apologies. It's just 1606. It was quite a self-involved year for me. I was wooing and whatnot. Congratulations, John. I assume the graftage was successful, if you'll follow my, um, you plant people parlance, eh? The furious winking aside, sir. Yes, Elizabeth and I married in 1607, and we have a young son. Well, well now that calls for a double furious wink. Stop avoiding the subject regarding King Christian Roberts. I am not. I'm reveling in my gardener's nocturnal fortitude. Wonderful stuff, John. Speaking of Johns, do you know John Arrington? The toilet guy? Well, the writer. Give me strength, Inigo. That hatchet man? My, but he goes on and on about his invention of the new flushing privy. It's so draining. Oh, lols. Nice one, Roberts. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, did someone say draining? Oh, what's up, stool fools? Still standing up and gazing down upon your leavings? Oh, hey, John Arrington, we were just talking about you. And the conversation naturally turned to the removal of excrement. Anyway, what on earth brings you to Hatfield House? Well, I fancied with a new build you'd want a top-notch bog. Privy! Don't be so vile, Harrington, you risque writers and your toilet humour. Nice, <laughs> nice one, Roberts. What did I say? So, why are you freshly pinched loaves burning the ears of old Johnny Hay Hay? I was trying to tell JT here about the Mask of Solomon and Sheba. Oh, no way! Can I get a high five from the new guy? Yeah, what a night that was. I don't, I don't even know what went down. Oh, everything. All the booze, two kings, and a mortling of epic proportions. Understatement of the year, brah. It all went down like a flush of my new guard robe. It was just a party. This is what happens when you get bawdy writers and architects together. This way to your new fantasy palace, now with extra toilets. Oh, please, Robert, it's a privy. Anyway, you're only bent out of shape because it cost you so much. 200k in modern bread and honey. And you did not help matters, Harrington. Wait, 200,000 pounds in 2022 money? Well, when you put it like that, yes, perhaps I am a little ruffled. That seems a lot for a party. Well, Robert was hosting King James and his brother-in-law, King Christian of Denmark. That costs. Don't forget that Ben Johnson wrote the entertainment. And he won't be cheap. How can I forget? And what are you taking deep intakes of breath about, Inigo Jones? I paid you 23 quid for the scenery. Oh, that's not that bad. It's like a round of drinks in a pub down this way. That's three grand in listener money, JT. Lorks! So, let me set the scene. The venue is Theobald's house, Hertfordshire, July, the summer of 1606. Right, on the way to the house, strewn with a skip load of fake green oak leaves, 
gilded with the word welcome. Oh, hi, it was all super classy, topped up with an artificial tree with green silk leaves. Yeah, yeah, it was well mint. Now, then you had the speeches of welcome and the songs of welcome and the yada yada yadas. Anyway, as the kings hit the porch of Theobald's house, you've got three nomarchs dressed up as a sundial, a clock and an hourglass. You know, law, justice and peace. Oh, those poor BA acting grads. I mean, what's even the point of them? A crust is a crust, I don't know. Anyway, you've got more speeches of welcome and they even bang it out in Latin for King Chris. <laughs> nice. And then, bam! <laughs> They crack on with a great feast. Have in mind that both our attending monarchs are notoriously heavy drinkers and they are pounding it. I mean, are we talking an orgy of drunkenness here? Well, yeah, I won't put it that way. Oh, pish posh, Harrington. That is exactly how you put it in your letter to Secretary Barlow. You wrote that all, and I quote, abandoned their sobriety and are seen to roll about in intoxication. Don't shoot the messenger. It's not my fault none of the other highborns have their ruler's capacity to hold their booze. Oh, I see where this is going. They haven't even done the Amdram bit yet. This is going to be a crime scene, isn't it? Good thing Ben Johnson wasn't there to witness the murder. So, the lady acting the part of the Queen of Sheba <laughs> goes bum over thumb on the steps of the raised royal platform. My name's the Queen of... Throwing her casket of, um, gifts... Was it Lord Salisbury? Uh, a tray of desserts. <laughs> yeah, even better. So the Queen of Sheba wangs these desserts right at King Christian. Oh, 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 oh it's everywhere. Oh. <laughs> Tell you what, though, it's delicious. Napkins were bought to clean it up, JT. I should hope so. Yeah, big King Chris then tries to bust a move with Queen Sheba. Hey, baby. Look my way, oh, Queen of Sheba. Uh, yes, Let's yes, see them move. Oh, you can really good at cutting a rug, my lead. What do you think of this? Totally face plants. Bano! A blanket ban on raised platforms would have been a prudent move. King James is also white-knuckling it at this point, and he's put to bed. Excuse me, Your Highness. It's time for you to go to bed. Oh, I really need a glass of water about now. Oh, has anyone seen my Bible? Still covered with wine, cream, jelly, beverage cakes, spices, and other good matters. How could you know such specifics, Harrington? Oh, go with the flow, Salisbury. The show must go on, and the dramatics continue with the characters of hope, faith, and charity. Huh, optimistic names under the conditions, I'd hazard. But a sozzled hope. <laughs> totally flops her lines. Enter Faith, doing her one-woman show, Hammered Tory Lockdown Story. And totally stacks it. <laughs> Raised platform. Why not? Rule of three, JT. Whoa, I'm totally swept up in this now. So, it's left to charity to take the show upon her broad, experienced shoulders as she... And... Exits to join Hope and Faith, who are now crying out for Bobby Jesus in the lower hall. <laughs> Interesting smell. Good gracious, Harrington, can we please have some peace? Well, after the character of Victory was drunkenly put to bed, Peace was seen fighting her attendants off with an olive branch. <laughs> Maybe I'll just roll you up in the duvet, is it now? Make it all easier to clean. <laughs> what? You are prone to hyperbole for nothing more than comic effect, Harrington. Nuh-uh. <laughs> ah, the great story, Johnny A.A., but one does have to be sceptical. The happenings you describe do not match up with the other courtly masks of the period. Now flush off! What evs? Flush your laters. Debunk you later. What an absolute steaming pan of a man. <laughs> He's all right, Robert. Well, uh, nice to meet you, JT. Bye, Bobbo. Yes, Inigo. Probably after pad his invoice, no doubt. Oh, JT, one more thing. Yes, sir. When you were on your scouting mission in the Low Countries, did you think more on the vineyard? Yes, sir. I spoke to William Trumbull at the Court of Brussels and inquired about securing me some cuttings from Archduke Albert's garden. Excellent, for you know I'm now very keen on vineyards and Had I... Had the Frenchman to make it, yes, sir. Exactly. Au revoir, JT.
That was a silly seam of a silly story, Mr. Tredescant. That was mainly about Robert Cecil. We hardly learned anything about you at all. Mimetic polymorphism, my dear Uncle Bob Bob. Mimicking your host like Bakila Trifoliolata. Call back. Oh, fine then. Let's kick on. I would garden for Robert Cecil for another two years, but sadly, the first Earl of Salisbury passed in 1612. I did a bit of freelancing for his son William. Let me guess, the second Earl of Salisbury? Well done, Master Bill. Though mm. I'll assume that you're the cerebrum of this poorly grafted hybrid of silliness. Robert was indeed succeeded by his son William Cecil, also known as Viscount Cranborn. I have no idea what any of that means, but yes, I'm pretty clever and now really fancy a minty biscuit. By 1615, I'd moved on and was gardening at St. Augustine's Abbey in Canterbury. Oh, moving up in the world, eh? Oh, yes, I was in the employ of Edward Watton, first Baron Watton. Wait, 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 you've gone from an Earl to a Baron. That doesn't seem like moving up. Ah, but good Master Tombow, it was about the plants. But it was helpful that Edward Wharton was bedded into the royal political system like Japanese knotweed. Were you still able to travel and curate rare plants? Indeed. I even branched out into fruits. That's right, fruits. Unusual pomegranates were big on my punnet list. Man, the country must have been in a state of manic excitement. Never before seen curiosities that you'd brought in from parts beyond the seas. Wowie! Wow, wow. Yeah, don't overhype this, Bilbo. He's hyping because he's worried I'm bored, which I am. Well, how about a trip to Russia, comrade Bob Bob? I'm awake. He hates being threatened with Russia. To the green room. It's 1618 and we're on our way to Archangel in Arctic Russia. Otherwise known as Moscovy in this time period. Why so glum, Bob Bob? We're on our way to Russia. If there's going to be any saber rattling or black clouds of conflict, we're in the right place. Hey, yeah, I suppose we've got the 1618 Siege of Moscow to look forward to. That's the spirit, Bob Bob. Chin up, old bean. Think happy thoughts. Tsar Vasa, King of Poland. Grand Duke of Lithuania. That's the one versus... The usurper Michael Romanov. Exactly. You know just what to say, Tombo. You complete me. What's that man for, JT? That, my silly boys, is Sir Dudley Diggs, my boss neighbour and shareholder in the East India Company. Oh my god, it's happening! Hold mate. Now, be quiet. We're about to make plans. <laughs> JT! Dudders, what's shaking? Not me, JT. I'm as solid as a bald cypress tree in a strong wind. So, are we gonna do this? There's no going back if we do it. We're here, in Russia, with designs. So, what are your plans? Well, I want my garden at Chillen to be welcoming and, you know, accessible to visitors, while at the same time strongly inferring that I will always be superior to them. Can you do that? Well, it's lucky that we've got time aplenty on this totally dry diplomatic trade mission, what with my negligible duties, and we're far from danger or anything remotely war-related. Oh, come on! Wondrous. I'm so happy you're designing my garden, JT. So, how's the family? Well, John the Younger is at the King's School, Canterbury. Oh la la, classical education, eh? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I just want him to have the opportunity for an education that I never had. Well, that's part of life, isn't it? We just want what's best for our kids. Indeed, indeed. So, where do you want the Chinese rock garden? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this will mean me picking up new outdoor furniture if we go down this route. I mean, what do you think, Jetty? Wicker? Rattan? 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 My silly boys, how does today find you? Strung along, Mr. Tredescant, bereft in peacetime. Well, I think your comrade Tombo had a big part to play in that, young Bob Bob. We've been reduced to a week-long thumb war campaign, Mr. Tredescant. That's all I have to keep me going. 
My God, are we still in flipping Russia? Excitingly so! Listen, Uncle Bob Bob, I hear that you are somewhat of a writer. Well, Mamie Wars and Gordy's helmet, yes, you are correct. Perhaps I could run some of my entries by you. Really? I mean, I'm so close to snapping Tom's thumb off, but... Well, at one point, I do take a ride on the Emperor's boat. Hit me, God, I'm a war addict. Thursday, 16th of July, 1618. In that place where we anchored, I desired to have the boat go on shore, which was hard by. Where we landed, we found many sorts of berries. A sort like our strawberries, but of another fashion of leaf. I have brought some of them home to show with such variety of moss and shrubs, all bearing fruit, such as I've never seen the like. So, have you ever seen the like? You stupid gardener, get to the Emperor's boat! 20th of July. On Monday, I had one of the Emperor's boats carry me from island to island to see what things grew upon them. Where I found single roses, wondrous sweet, with many other things which I mean to bring with me. Is that it? You just went on the Emperor's... God, this is boring. Well, I'll have you know, this botanical fieldwork was the first ever recorded on Russian soil, and this passage is really going to pop under the heading Things by Me Observed, including, but not limited to, bird cherry, currants, cloud brie, shoes to walk on snow without sinking. Guys, oh, where have you been, Bilbo? Oh, I got really bored of you throwing thumb war after thumb war to keep Bob Bob happy. What? Anyway, we don't have the time. What is it? 16.20. Just say it's almost high tea time and crack out that Cornish cream, man. No, the year is 16.20. And we're pirate hunting. Here we go. Shiver me timbers. It's the start of the golden age of piracy. Put that thumb down, Tombo, and hit the music. Good to have you back on board, young Bob Bob. Yes, the year is 1620 and diplomacy's been thrown out the window. A mission to help suppress pirates on the Barbary coast around the Algiers. Yes! Oh, they were a constant thorn in the side of Mediterranean trade, they were. But, yeah, but... Why were you there, JT? Well, James I set up a commission to advise on what could be done about those pesky pirates. And amongst its members were Francis Bacon and my boss, Lord Wotton. So I went too. Francis Bacon, former Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England, key player in the Scientific Revolution and Viscount St Alban. Yeah, they were looking for a bit of a wrestle. And a minty biscuit. Yeah, me and old Baco were there serving on the good ship Mercury under the taut stewardship of Captain Phineas Peck. Don't know him, but I can safely say that now he's my favourite captain. In your face, plants. Me and Baco shared old war stories. Incidentally, Frankie Bacon was Robert Cecil the first Earl of Salisbury's cousin. So he poured one out to his memory, you know. Yeah, yeah, man, through, through gritted teeth and tear-soaked eyes as cannon shot on wood splintered around you, men being ripped through this mortal coil in clouds of sudden pink mist. Exactly, exactly that. Back to back we be as we stoop low to collect samples. Yeah, samples of... Wait, what? Oh yeah, that's heady stuff. But, but the talk captain... The pink mist! Oh, I mean, that mission was considered a failure, and in most likelihood, we only acted as escort for British merchantmen, really. I want my pink mist! Oh, but we took in some lovely places. Malaga, Morocco, Mallorca, as well as the coast near Algiers itself. Sounds lovely, very restful. Oh, that it was, Mr Bilbo. And I brought back such wonders. Lilac, an Algiers apricot, Barbary Coast horse spurs, a sp- Spanish tambourine and a handful of jet often given to children in Turkey to preserve them from, and you'll never believe this, witchcraft! Oh my god, shut up! This is so boring! Who cares about lumps of rotting wood protecting you from Turkish wild women of the woods? You go to the Arctic Russia and no one freezes to death. You're basically right there for the golden age of piracy and all you care about is... Flipping pomegranates. Well, they're excellent for the prostate, and you are creeping towards that age, young Master Barbob. Well, that whole pirate bit is four minutes we won't be getting back. Crikey, it's 1624. Well, I better be getting you boys back. 1624? 
Are we late? Not really, but time's running out. It's 1624, and we're not far off having a new king, Charles I. By now, I'm working for George Villiers, first Duke of Buckingham. Oh, old moneybags himself. Oh, yes, money was no barrier for George. Come on, lads, back in the green room. So here I am, back scouring the low countries on behalf of the Duke of Buckingham, looking for botanical oddities for his house in Rutland and his London bases, Wallingford House and York House on the Strand, and finally, New Hall in Essex, where I laid out botanical grand avenues in the French style. And why was the French style so salaciously stressed? <laughs> you may be getting old, sweet Uncle Bob Bob, but you're not mature enough for that information just yet. Mm-hmm. The French style ain't anything mucky. I just want to distract Bob Bob from the fact you didn't get to stab a pirate in the neck with a bellhog. So you sound like a trusted man, JT. Oh yes, Bilbo. Why, when my Lord Buckingham went to Paris in 1625 to escort Henrietta Maria, Charles I's new wife, back to England, I was sent with my Lord's stuff and trunks. What? Like his bus pass, inhaler and Doctor Who swimwear? I mean, we mixed up bags once. That trip was a big deal, Tombo. Oh, to be a fly on the wall for that return journey. <laughs> oh, but then, of course, I stayed on. To buy plants. Great. Of, of course you did. I bought them from my good friend and botanist, Jean Robin. Or Raban, as he prefers it pronounced. He was gardener to many a French king, you know. No, I don't, I don't want to know either. And Jean was well-versed in a... <clears throat> the French style. I'm listening. Well, first you find yourself good, rich, con past in a boulanger who don't ask no questions and... Oh, we've arrived. Where are we? You mean, when are we? A 1627. Welcome to the Siege of La Rochelle. Stop! Gaslighting me, JT. I'm not! Go on, off you go, you little scamp! Oh, oh, mister, can I borrow your spade and bayonet? Where's the nearest trench? Cheers, laugh! Oh, he always looks so relaxed in his natural habitat. It's true, you can't keep them caged. Keep an eye on him? Yeah, okay. Uh, wait up, my bob! Slow down, you little history psycho! Maybe make sure he doesn't go for a sly wee in history yet. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's gone. Oi, JT! Where did you manage to find a doughy soft boy during a siege? Fire! I know he's not talking about me. I've been doing yoga. This is Lord Buckingham. Don't worry. He's just a bit of an, um, uh, doorknob. Uh, anyway, have you uh, have you always looked this Mediterranean, Bilbo? Uh, only when it's sunny. Why is it a problem? No, it's just that he hates Spaniards. Yeah, back in 1623, it was believed it was Buckingham's crassness that scuppered the marriage negotiations between the then Prince of Wales, future King Charles I, and Maria Anna of Spain. Flipping heck, what did he say? I don't know, but the Spanish ambassador asked Parliament to have Buckingham executed for his behaviour. Lordy, how did he wriggle out of that one? Well, he was Lord Admiral and Foreign Minister, wasn't he? On his return to England, Buckingham gained popularity by calling for war with Spain. Straight from the doorknob playbook, yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. If you're going to show off your rotund Spanish prostitutes, at least bring enough for the rest of us. <laughs> Lulls me. <clears throat> Fire! Engineer Tradiskin and Engineer Bilbo reporting, my lord. The engineer, wait, whoa, whoa, what? We're not gonna, gonna comedy hard cuts was collecting samples and having a nice time. Not this time, Bilbo. Oh, uh, the Duke's gardener, now an engineer. And a fine one at that, who swore the oath. Why, let it be recorded that winter comes on apace. Our men endure much wet in their trenches, and John Tradiskin, one of our best engineers. <laughs> Where do we stand, my lord? Let me bring you up to speed, JT. You remember a couple of years back in 1625? Um, I negotiated with the French chief minister, Cardinal Richelieu. Oh yes, something about aiding Richelieu against the French Protestant Huguenot who were defending La Rochelle. Bingo! The Red Eminence said he'd support me against your lot. Oh, me? I've got my eye on your Spaniard. Fire!
But didn't the old Richelieu team not go to Eck? In a handbasket. The English Parliament lost their heads because all the Protestant on Protestant pink missed action. I mean, I fought bravely, but you, you know. Oh, let me guess, it was all Johnny Foreigners. Fault. Exactly, yes. A Richelieu ship blocked the narrow channel and we accepted defeat. Yeah, must have been, you know, hard to take. You know what else is hard to take? Mm. Richelieu concluding a secret peace with Spain in 1626. Damn foreign ships! Always flip-flopping with feigning injury. I mean, we're thicker shin pads, damn it, man. Anyway, anyway, it's 1627 and I'm back with me Huguenot mates to defend La Rochelle. Wait, the same Huguenot mates that you were pink-misting at La Rochelle back in 1625? What of it? <coughs> my Lord Buckingham! Ah, speaking of the Huguenot mates, this is Benjamin de Rohan, Huguenot's commander. What is it, Benny? Listen, for months my words have been falling on deaf ears. The Royal French Army now surrounds La Rochelle, and all for us does not go well. If you can find time to spit rhymes, you're feeling fine, Benny. What's wrong with you lot? No backbone. Tell you what, let's hold what we can here and take one more desperate crack at the fortress city of Saint-Martin. See if we can't turn this tide. I won't leave you hanging, Benny boy. Your ladders are too short to scale the walls of San Matandere, and you've lost 60% of your men. Wait! Um, I've got one more special move. And your skint. Oh no! My superpower! Uh, JT, uh, fat Spaniard, pick up your things! We're out of here! Self-serving peacock! I'm sorry, Benjamin. Godspeed, JT. Bilbo! Tombo! Where's Bob-Bob? All is lost! He knows. But he said, I do not love the bright swords for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only that which they defend. What? He's staying for a Two Towers reread? Book club cake sessions and everything. Oh no! And then there were two. To the green room, you silly pair! That was super intense, JT. Buckingham seems a handful. Nah, he wasn't that bad, really, because he were a collector, weren't he? Paintings, sculptures, tapestries and the like. Oh, so you could also keep an eye out for curiosities. Well done. Have a minty biscuit. I'd send requests to the Secretary of the Navy, on behalf of the Duke, to London merchants who were trading overseas, particularly in North America and West Africa. More pomegranate and apricot prostate smoothies. <laughs> oh, you! I've got a to-do list behind you. <clears throat> Contact merchants from Virginia, Bermuda, and Newfoundland. Wanted all manner of beasts and fowls and birds alive. Or, if not, with heads, horns, beaks, claws, skins, feathers, wings, or seeds... Senego turkeys. Oh, oh, here we go. Eggshells from the East Indies. Mumbles. Oh, Anything that's strange, really. Is quite a list. I hope you're able to get Buckingham's stuff and trunks, too. Oh, I wouldn't worry about him now. Things all going a bit pear shaped for that lad. Parliament keeps trying to impeach him, but the king keeps bailing him out. Public now hate Buckingham, and King Charles probably worried he'll go the same way as old Lammy. <gasps> Dr. Lamb! Well done, Tombo Bilbo! Give him half your minty biscuit. Popular belief was that Doctor had a terrible grip over Buckingham. What, like he was influencing the Duke? So they say Dr. Lamb was mobbed and mulched. Oh. Yep, scary times. Pamphlets were printed up and everything. That'd be a piece of history. What do you think my weird list is written on the back of, eh? Oh, no. Let Charles and George do what they can. The Duke shall die like Dr. Lamb. Hmm. Shuffle. Oh, crikey. What time is it? Uh, 1629. Blast! We missed it! 23rd of August, 1628. The Duke of Buckingham is stabbed to death at the Greyhound pub in Portsmouth. Wow. Yes! Assassinated by one John Felton, one of Buckingham's wounded soldiers and bitter about being overlooked for a promotion by the Duke. Now it's my turn to wow, Tombo. Wow! Right, no more minty biscuits for you, Bilbo, ever. Mm, delish. We'll have to have you round the Tredescant house. 
We lovingly call it the Ark. Come to Lambeth for tea and mint biscuits, Tombo. That's a lovely place for the family and the collection. Three acre orchard and a crafty acre for the garden. Sounds great. Ah, uh, Bilbo. Let me teach you about something called deadheading. Oh, we're home. And there's Pear Bear talking to a man. Stranger danger? Ah, no, that's just my son, John Tradescan. Oh, he looks well. Right, you silly pear, off you pop. I'm going to have a little fettling here. If I'd known what animals you were, I'd never left you in the green room unattended. Animals, go in the corner, boys. You see, Bilbo, it's not all manure at the end of the day. I can't wait to tell Pear Bear about all the gardening stuff I've almost forgotten. I feel like a proper botanist. Bye, Mr. Dreskins. Bye, boys. Run free, my little bikila trifoliolatus. Hey, Pear Bear. Tombo, Bilbo, hey, this is John Tradescant. The younger? Yes, he was just telling me about his dad, John Tradescant. The elder? Yeah, he's so cool he knows loads about travelling, royalty and herbaceous plants. Herbaceous <gasps> plants? He's in the green room, go say hi. It's nice you think my dad's cool. He rarely toots his own blade of grass. I don't see how you can top Arctic Russia, pirates and La Rochelle. Well, 1630 topped it all. He became keeper of His Majesty's gardens, vines and silkworms at Oakland's Paris in Surrey. Whoa! His Majesty? Indeed. It was one of the properties set aside for the Queen, Henrietta Maria, Charles I's wife. Oh, why didn't you say, JT? Uh, JT? Guys, the green room is empty! John Tradescant the Elder is dead. My father died in 1638. Oh, but I wanted to see him. But technically you still can. He's in the churchyard of St. Mary at Lambeth. Where? London. It's now the Garden Museum. A nice touch. Oh, I would have liked to have met him. Well, how about hanging with me? I'm young, his son, and also green thumb. Yay! Come on, boys, to the green room. Let's keep this Tradescan story going. Yay! Yay! Hang on, where's Bob Bob? Living his best life, Pear Bear. Living his best life. Where are we going, John? 1638 Virginia, Bilbo. Because not only do I have my father's name, but I also have his love for nature. Wait, what did your t-shirt say? I'm sexy and I mow it. Oh no, that one's in the wash. Lawn and order. Royal mowing unit. (laughs) When my father died, I took over as head gardener for Charles I. I made the gardens at the Queen's house in Greenwich, designed by... Inigo Jones! Correct! I'm sorry I smashed the minty biscuits. You guys had a minty biscuit party without me! (laughs) Be cool, man. You're scaring me. We're on our way to Virginia in the colonies to beer shopping for King's Gardens and, of course, the Ark. Now, where is that list? It's on the back of this mostly eviscerated minty biscuit packet. Ah, great. Exotic fruits and nuts and carvings, sewings, paintings, habits and ornaments, snails and mollusks, utensils and household items, ancient and modern coins, two whale ribs, a mummy's hand, crocodile eggs, the the entire head of a lion, the remains of a dodo and wood claiming to be from the crucifixion cross of Christ. That's the one. I'll get it all in the end, I tell you that. Uh, Pepper, be a deer and clear the shelf. Uh, about six crocs eggs in length and three mummies hands deep, if you would. Yes, sir. Thank you. Ah, Virginia! Who's Virginia? I know they have a habit of making you dumb, Bilbo. But at this time, you're correct to ask. The answer is Elizabeth I. Ah, the Virgin Queen. Yes. King James I chartered the Virginia Company in 1606 with a view to colonising the east coast of this vast land. What could possibly go wrong? Massacres, disease and rebellious independences aside, nothing! Wait, wait, Bob Bob will never forgive us if we get into this now. It's too late for that. Well, I'm here for the plants, among other things. Young John! Guy! Boys! 
This is Guy. Guy Divals, your service. Is she here, Guy? Indeed, John. Great. See you later, boys. Is John okay, Mr. Divulge? He seems a bit distracted. Yeah, you should have read his list. Intense. Well, he'd never say, but it's been a tough time for young John Tredescant. His wife Jane died in 1634. Oh, how sad. Yeah, the plague of all things. I'm sorry, what? Oh, he'll be fine. So, this leaves him looking after his two young'uns. Sort of thrown himself into his work, yeah? He'll keep coming back to Virginia over the next couple of decades looking for all sorts of random junk like shiny stones, pancreas of a clown, chocolate draft excluders, or, you know, whatever. Oh, you sure know a lot. Well, yeah! Us divulges came out with the Virginia Company and stayed when it was disbanded and turned into a colony in 1624. Poor John, though. And his kids. Well, you know what Francis Bacon said? The only good pirate is a dead pirate? No! In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. It is no his point John found new love here in Virginia. A young Native American girl, eh, from the Powhatan tribe. Minty Biscuits alert! That's the tribe of Pocahontas. Isn't she a made-up Native American? Uh, you're thinking of Daniel Day-Lewis. Ah, gotcha. Loves her dearly and he plans to take her back. Take what back, guy? <laughs> I've already got my hands full. What you got, John? Oh, nothing. Just a Native American relic. And the ceremonial cloak of a Powhatan chief. Big score for your cabinet of curiosities. Nice one, John <laughs> Cheers, guy. Well, I best be off home and prepare for my most valuable import. Godspeed, John, and it was lovely to meet you, silly boys. Come on, lads. We'd better return home. I need to get this out of the way. I'll wear the cloak, John. It's not that bulky. Ah, uh, no. I mean, I need to return home from Virginia and be informed that my father has died, Bilbo. Oh, sorry. Right, everyone, that's the shelves cleared. I went three mummy hands and a collection of organ jars deep, just to be sure. Um, uh, what's up? You all look like someone's died. back at the ark. Oh, and now then, who's that prowling around the vineyard? Oh, let's rush him, John. It's okay, Bilbo. Just stow those artifacts for me and uh, be careful, yeah? Yes, sir. Who goes there? John, is that you? It's Harry. Harry Binger. Harry Binger? Hello, my old friend. Ah, this is Tombo and the pair bear of the silly history boys. Lads, this is Harbinger. Old family friend and bringer of glad tidings. Um, oh no. Oh, uh, before we start with the good news party, I want to ask you something. I found the love of my life in the colonies. I want to bring her back and marry her. Will you be me best man? Ooh. Come on now, let us retire to the drawing room and let's talk stag do's. But let me warn you, the only stripper I require is for fawn and leaf. Ah, uh, let me stop you there, John. The, um, drawing room is uh, occupied. Ah, father must be home and resting. Ooh, well, he is at rest. Oh, yes, he's dead, isn't he? Yes. Ooh. You did mention it, yes. Yeah, but thanks for reliving it for our sake, John. We feel seen and included. Thank you. Then who is occupying the drawing room? Um, the lady your father left for you to marry? What? Um, surprise. <laughs> um, her name is Hester Pooks. She's she's a bit French, so you know you can you can brush up on your French style, and you can probably marry her in say sixteen thirty nine. Good for you. Are you okay, John? This is devastating. Agonising. But I, I promised my love she'll be, she'll be waiting for me. I'll never see her again. Please excuse me, everyone. I, uh, I need to go and take a walk. Well, 
this is a um, dilemma. I'm sorry you had to see this, boys. Oh, poor John. Oh, don't worry, fellow. John has friends. Friends to lean on him really hard to marry Hester, yes. They they can persuade him that he has responsibilities to his children. Ooh, maybe they can criticise him heavily, mind, for being selfish. Yes, yes, it's good to have friends. That'll be scant consolation for John. Oh, wow, that was... that was awful. Goodbye. What's a chaps? Pear Bear! Haven't seen you in ages! Bob, Bob, how did you get here? Bilbo came back to La Rochelle, burst out of the green room dressed as a Native American. It was all very undignified. Speaking of undignified, your warlust sated? Oh my yes, horrifically so. Talking of horrors, let's go talk to Bilbo about cultural respect. I messed up. I left the ceremonial robe draped over a smouldering cannon in La Rochelle. Oh, Bilbo! Right, let's nip back and get it. I think it'll pick up poor John's spirits. Oh no, what now? We'll tell you en route. This isn't very siege-like. No, it's the Tredescan vineyard. But it's grown. Oh no, I think we've gone forward. L- let me check. Lads, lads, it's like 1660. Who's that guy over there? I don't know, but he looks intense. He's coming this way. With an antiquarian swagger, no less. Oh no, the ceremonial robe. Bilbo, you big thief. Thief? Who said thief? Tombo, go! Make a break for the robe! On it. Keep it together, Bilbo. Uh... Oh, hello there, sir. We are but three silly boys making our way to this ark for curiosities not yet seen by the common eye. I I, I guess we got turned around in this vineyard. Um, do do you have any wine? Hmm, the archer, a twin, and a lion walk into a bar, eh? Uh, what? Elias Ashmole, student of antiquities, alchemy, and astrologer. And whom are you calling a thief? Okay, I admit it. Me, I'm the thief. Great. I accidentally stole a ceremonial Powhatan robe from the Tresescan collection. Well, yes, Sagittarians can be careless. And you mean the Ashmolean collection, so you stole it from me. What? No! It belongs to the Tradescans! Ugh, typical impulsive Gemini. How in God's name, Mystic Meg, is it yours? Ooh, nosy too. Yes, the collection is mine. And that's all you need to know. You better give it back or my fist is going to move into the third house of your face, mate. Ooh, the lion wants it. He wants it now. But as I am on the Taurian Gemini cusp, I get to be super possessive over my stuff whilst being as impulsive, just like a Gemini. <laughs> and like a Gemini, I do revel in my lack of regard for others whilst feeling neither guilt nor remorse. Hey, I can show remorse! Man, my internet search algorithms are going to be so out of whack after this. Shut up, Bilbo! No one cares about your questionable search history. Ouch. Spill it, Ashmole! John Tredescant, the younger, is in decline. Probably set off by your thieving, Bilbo! <laughs> it's true. He wants his wife, Hester, to part own and receive income from the collection after he dies. A lovely idea. I do the same. Oh, show some humility. I'm incapable. Total Leo. Anyway, I stepped in to draw up a deed of gift, awarding the whole business to, well, <laughs> me. He'll never sign it, you monster. You Sagittarians, driven by your optimism and your idea of justice. But unlike you, I plan well. John and Hester just signed. What? No, I don't believe you. Like you, he's an egotistical Leo, so self-centred that he couldn't possibly conceive this treachery. It's all here. Look at that drunken signature. No, I've made up my mind and I still don't believe. I'll get you for this, you ashmole. Oh, Hester thinks we're in this together, but come John's death, I'll take Hester to court and gain control of the whole business and museum, donating the collection, of course, to the University of Oxford in 1677. Over my cockless pears, you will! Impulsive lunge! Ah, smoke bum! Damn crafty alchemist! Whoa, what happened here? Is that manure I smell? Pseudoscience. I've got the robe. Where's it going? 
the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, Tombo. Oh, yeah, I got the flyer. John Tradescant gifted his collection to Ashmole, didn't he? Not the way we told it. No, Ashmole was probably okay. We just went in hard on him for the lols. We should probably apologise. Oh, as luck would have it, Elias Ashmole moved into his house adjacent to the Tradescants in 1674. Oh, that's lucky. We can, we can give him the robe. Stick it in his house. He's already removing items from the Dretescant's house to put it into his. Oh, cool. Well, let's let's run it by Hester first. It was her husband, after all. Oh, she was found drowned in the garden pond in 1678, mid-legal wrangle. Okay. And by early 1679, Ashmole has taken over the lease of Tradescant's properties and merged his and their collections into one. <laughs> but don't worry, though. He dies old, rich and remembered. Wow. They could go, you know, to Oxford. I'll see if they want any silly shows. Maybe not this one, eh? Oh, God, yeah, no. What, what, what if they dig it up? Ah, well, just give them the old backfill and say, We are the Silly History Boys! And for all this deck chair gardening... Hastily Googled pseudo-nonsense... And lame wordplay... So lame. We are... As always... Sorry! Daddy, why are these people so robbers? Well, actually, now keep your scripts open. Seen as we are here, we'll do we'll do the credits together. Good plan, eh? So, what is this? Episode forty. Shall we? Two. Two. Yeah. Is it 42? Yeah. Episode 42. Two. <laughs> is it one or two? It is 42. It's got to be 42, isn't it? Episode 42 of the Silly History Boys. Yeah. Episode 42, or A Gardener's World, was written, produced, edited, and waffled by us four silly boys standing in the same room together! Yay! Oh my god! In the same room together! So I thought, hey, how about we all do the how about we all do the credits together? Yeah, for funsies. Yeah. While the booing's going on, live as well. Oh, yeah. The part Boo. of John Tradescant or Tradescant or Tradescant. Really We're not name. sure. We just make it up as we're going along. The elder, uh, proper Norfolk Suffolk, was <laughs> Guy Divulge, the Virginia colonist, were played by me, Stu the Pear Bear Perry. Boo, boo, no, the boo, parts boo, of boo, Robert boo, Cecil, boo, who was the Earl of Salisbury, boo, and the Duke of Buckingham, boo, and Elias. Ashmole was herbaceously boarded into life by me, Tom Tombo Fermor. Oh, I didn't think of a gardening pun. Well, I'm going to do one now. <laughs> the parts of Inigo Jones, Benjamin de Rohan, John Tredescott the Younger with a soft southern accent were put in a big wet bag and slowly tended by your dear Uncle Bob Bob. John Harrington, a sort of mix between Paris dude and Prince Gunlan, Dudley Diggs, some guy, and Harry Binger, the bumbling good news bringer, were, well, I don't know, you, you didn't leave one furrow so nothing grows and we all starve to death in the winter because it was a really bad one. By Will, Uncle Bilbo Tristram. That's me! I grasped up all my parts. <laughs> Ah. Oh, it's good to have him along, isn't it, folks? Sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Thanks, Zapsplat. You're amazing. And the music, as ever, come probably from Scott Buckley. We don't know. We'll probably use some Scott Buckley. Yep. We're recording this before we've even put it together. Good old Danny Danny Bradders. Danny Danny Brad Bradleys of, of yep. Daniel Bradley music. Good old Daniel Bradley. And Lord Fastfingers, thank you as ever for the theme music. Yep. You can get us on Facebook at The Silly History Boys Show or Twitter at uh, SHB underscore show. Yes, or you can email us at thesillyhistoryboysshow no. at gmail.com. Do people still email? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wow. no. Or it's, it's, it's just Podbean sending me email saying, give us yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> what they could do is they could hold fast and in a few short months come and see us live. <gasps> we do yeah. have lots of live shows, don't we, Tom? We do have lots of live shows. Yeah. And in episode 42, or 43, I'll tell you all about those live shows. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, come on, we're going to go to Framlingham Castle. We're going to go to the Yorbic Vikings. Stonehenge. We're going to Stonehenge. Stonehenge. We're going to Walkworth Castle, one of the highlights of the sort of Percy... Oh, for them, maybe. Hold. Oh, yeah. 
But uh, basically, we're going everywhere, anywhere you could think of that is definitely on our list. That's where we're going. Yes. Come bring a picnic. We'll be hungry. Mm, yes, mm. bring true. Mm. Uh, right. I think that's that's it, isn't what it? We've waffled. Other reviews. Oh. reviews. Um, if you have enjoyed this particularly silly episode of the Silly History Boy Show, then why not give us a review or a rating on your chosen podcast? Please platform? do. We got an email. Yeah, yeah, we did on uh, was it Apple Podcasts? On Apple Podcasts, yeah, yeah. of all places. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you do, we 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 live and die by reviews. And when we do finally get around to uh, pulling our green thumbs out and applying for Arts Council funding, it's very good to have reviews of our shows. We can Please. cite a need, a deep craving need for silliness from mm. you lot. So yeah, please do reviews. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Will. Uh, uh, this was exciting, and thank you very much for writing this. Uh, I think we should all sing For trees are jolly good fellow For trees are jolly good fellow For trees are jolly good fellow And nobody can deny it. That's awful pun. I'm so sorry.